Now playing California Triathlon Soup. Okay, welcome to another uh, episode of California Triathlon Soup. Today's guest is Catherine Kelly Lang, who is an Emmy award-winning actress, uh, the lead of Bold and the Beautiful, uh, a triathlete, a business person, and uh, somebody who's just pretty amazing um, to know. So, uh, Kelly, welcome, welcome to California Triathlon Soup. Thank you. Thank you. This is an honor. Honestly, it's an honor and I'm so happy to be doing it. And, but I have to say, because it bothers me, I got my Emmy producing a show. So that's my Emmy and I'm very proud of it. But you've been nominated. I've been nominated for Daytime. Oh, that's Dom in the background already jumping in in less than a minute into the Dom, Dom Zoida, who is uh, her uh, significant other yeah, and also so a very good triathlete. You don't want to follow him on a bicycle. Like um, so you were you produced. Uh, so so tell us. You that's know, a great way to start. Like so tell that, us about um, uh, the Emmy production. Emmy, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Kelly, tell us about that. Oh, the. Oh, which one? Your your uh, your Emmy for producing. What was that on? Oh, it's a web series called Venice, and it's in the fifth year. So, uh, I worked with Crystal Chappelle, who created the show, and went on and helped her with whatever she needed. So, uh, with the producing and everything. So that was um, it was an experience, and I got to learn a lot behind the camera, which was really exciting for me. And now I'm actually working on producing a film. So. Uh, it's it's fun to kind of venture out and do things that are different than what I'm used to. Well, we your one of your first roles was um, with Bold and the Beautiful, the lead of Bold and the Beautiful, um, and I, I looked it up because it's been around for so so long. You've been there for since 1987, 31 years. When you started that, did you think you'd be there for 31 years? Uh, no. <laughs> Gosh, no. I signed a contract for four years in the beginning, and I was on since day one. And I thought, how am I going to get through four years? Because I had other dreams and aspirations, and I really wanted to do movies and nighttime television and things like that. But it was great to have a regular job and be able to act and do what I love to do every single day. So I took the job and four years came out and went and then I just kept re-signing my contracts. And then when I was having kids, it was easy to work while I was pregnant and also to come right back after I had the kids and bring them into the dressing room. And then my first son even played my son on the show for the first four years of his life. So it all worked out very well and I'm still there 31 years later. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's, I'm so blessed and really, I'm really grateful for the opportunity and it's opened up so many things for, for other job opportunities and businesses that we've gotten involved with, especially lately. And your, uh, your character is, is named Brooke Logan. Is Brooke, that is that right? Yeah, Brooke Logan Forrester, 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 Forrester. She's married Forrester about 10, 11 times. So she's uh, and she's married the father and she's married the brother and has kids with the father and 
And yeah, it's, it's a crazy soap opera. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at that and um, it appears you had seven husbands and 11 weddings. <laughs> and Don't tell and anybody. In, <laughs> and in, in particular, it was, it was amazing how they, they named these spouses. Um, the names like Ridge, Thorn, Grant, and, and I think my favorite, Whip. Whip. Yeah, Whip. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So those those are uh, those are those are awesome. Babbling brook. So yes. So um, a little bit about your your background. Uh, you know there are so many interesting things about your background, which which we'd love to get to. You're you're no you're no stranger. Your family's no stranger to the Olympics, correct? Correct. My dad was in the Olympics for the ski jump. I'm trying to remember the year. 52. 52. Yeah, so 1952. Oslo. He was in Oslo, and he was just a very brave man. That's back when they had lace-up ski boots and wooden skis, and they're just flying through the air like crazy people. But we learned, all the kids learned how to ski from him, and grew up with a very athletic family and always did all kinds of sports and things like that. And we're very competitive. My mom was. In so the you, you get, uh, you get your talent well. uh, pretty naturally. And your dad was also, uh, he had a, he, did, did I read that he had a role as the Jolly Green Giant? He was the Jolly Green Giant and he was the only one. When he passed away, they turned it into a cartoon. But he was the man that would go to work and they would paint him green and he they'd put on the little leaves around his speedo and and he would stand there and flex his muscles and say, that, Ho ho ho, green giant. And that was him. Yeah, back in the sixties, seventies. But they took his body so, and no, uh, that's well, yeah, that is fantastic. They, they well um yeah. so yeah, so if we could um so a little bit about triathlon, when did you when did you get into the crazy sport of triathlon? How did you get in? And um, maybe that's a great, great start to talk about that. Well, I got in because David Gregg um, asked, David Gregg is our international publicist for The Bold and the Beautiful. And he asked the actors on the show if they wanted to be on The Bold and Beautiful team for the Malibu Triathlon. And that was in 2013, I believe. So there's some of us who jumped in, some producers, some directors, some actors. And, of course, I said yes. I thought it would be so much fun. And I wasn't doing triathlon at the time. But we had group training sessions. And I was working for CBS because Bold and Beautiful is a CBS TV show. And Dom was working, who is my honey, if nobody knows, <laughs> Dominic here. And he was working for CBS at the time, too. And they asked him to train our CBS group because he was already an Ironman. He's been doing triathlons forever. So I met him that way. It was a very funny story. <laughs> you want to tell how I met? <laughs> okay, so we met, and actually I will tell you. Um, during one of the training sessions, I, I wanted to win this race, this Malibu triathlon coming up. So I thought... To myself, I really need a private trainer. It's the only way I'm going to get fast enough. 
So during one of the training sessions, I blurted out, hey, do you train <laughs> privately? And everybody turned and looked at me and it was so embarrassing. It was just so embarrassing. But he said yes. And then we started training together and quickly uh, became romantic. And uh, it kind of all went from there. But that's how I got into triathlon. And I started with the Malibu triathlon and I came in third in that group. And then so I thought I could do this. And then I quickly trained up for a a uh, half Ironman with Dom's help, Dominique's help, and uh, did Oceanside half Ironman for my first uh, Ironman six months later. Well, and then uh, it just went from there. Dubai was before. Oh, Dubai came before, yeah, the Dubai uh, triathlon. Oh, there's so many things. And you, there. you, um, um, uh, I think an interesting story is um, you came to um, an event the California triathlon had at the Rose Bowl, I do believe, and you um you brought your bike and um i think you met leslie patterson at that event i did i did she is one tough chicky and yeah we've already interviewed her this season um was uh was leslie particularly impressed by your choice of bicycle <laughs> okay this was funny because she had us you know she was training us and telling us what to do and i think she said um, we come, we do a lap on the bike and then we come and leave the bike and put on our running shoes and do the lap around the Rose Bowl in our, in our shoes, of course. So I, I didn't know what, that we just leave the bike there. I said, and I said to her, I said, okay, to just leave my bike here like this. What if somebody takes it? And she looked at my bike and she said, oh, nobody's going to want your bike. I can't remember the exact words, but it wasn't really, <laughs> it wasn't really nice. I'm sure there were some uh, words that, yeah, I can't probably, only Leslie can say that were used. I'm, I'm absolutely positive. And I was very fond of that bike. That was my very first bike that started me into triathlon. So, but now it's long gone. I've moved on. And you're doing a lot of, um, relative to biking, you're, you're involved with a, with a really great cause. And, and you've been involved with that cause for a long time. Well, with Breakaway from Cancer, I got involved with that um, because I always wanted to give back. It's so important that, you know, when you, you have so many wonderful things in your life, you've got to help other people. So, and I've also had people, my family members, some of my family members pass away from cancer. And so I thought it was important to become involved with a cancer charity. So I'm an ambassador for Breakaway from Cancer. And it's such an important cause because my father passed away from colon cancer and his mother and his father both passed away from colon cancer as well, my grandma and grandpa. So it kind of runs in the family, but nobody's had a problem since, not God would. But I just think it's important because cancer is running rampant. I mean, it's all over the place and everybody knows a family member, a friend, a, a relative that is is suffering from cancer or possibly dying from cancer. And we all need to reach out and help in some way. So Breakaway from Cancer does that. And they have four nonprofit organizations within their charity. And it's uh, Prevent Cancer Foundation, Cancer Support Community, Patient Advocates Foundation, and National Coalition of Cancer Survivorship. It's all hard to say. It's a mouthful. But it's from really it takes you from prevention to cancer support to helping you with your finances financial assistance and then of course survivorship it takes you they walk you through you know the whole process 
So I, I love to get the word out there and let people know that this organization is there to help them because nobody should have to fight cancer alone. That's, that's, that's lovely. What, um, now do they do events? They do events and you can raise money and, and well, join those cycling do, uh, events. Yeah. The Amgen tour of California, we do a breakaway from cancer mile walk every time with a cancer survivor and, or cancer survivors and their families. And we do that every year. And we have a big presence at the Amgen tour of California and have tents and information and, and just out there supporting the cancer survivors. Got it. And um, so in terms of your, you know, you had started at, at, at um, you had started on short course and I, I've been fortunate enough to be on the San Gabriel river trail with you and, and, and riding some pretty, pretty long miles. you you eventually went into 70.3 distance and then 140.6. Um, how did, how did that progress? And, and I think what some of the folks that are on, um, that are going to listen, at least the four or five people that listen to this, um, maybe six, who knows, um, they're uh, going to wonder, how do you balance that? I mean, you, you travel quite a bit. Um, if you look at your social media, you're, you're always traveling. You have a, a, a full producer, actress, um, you know, schedule, um, you, you, you know, you have a full life. How did, how did you fit all that work in? Oh, well, this is a loaded question. Okay. So first of all, um, I have great memories of doing those rides with you with Caltri and the training groups and everything. And it really kind of got me going and spending time on the bike. And I love that, especially the ride going from Los Angeles down to Encinitas. That was so much fun and having beer and pizza at the end and taking the train back. But that's, I loved all those group sessions with Caltri. It was amazing. Um, and then that got me into doing the Grand Fondos and then the, I did the triathlon, which is kind of a strange distance in Abu Dhabi, uh, which was kind of a, what was it? It's like a half mile swim and it was like a 50 mile bike ride and then a 10 mile run. So that was my longer, that got me into doing the longer distances. And then I did after that, the, um, Oceanside was my first half Ironman and, Gosh, I can't remember them all. I did the world championship in in Austria at Lake Zell, the 70.3. I've done Italy like a couple times, 70.3. I've done Vineman. Florida. Florida. I need help remembering all this. (laughs) Florida. Um, What else? And you've you've made your way all the way to Kona, correct? And then, of course, Kona. And Kona was two years ago, so I really and Dave Scott trained me for that, trained me up for that one. And I didn't know how I would do. I just really wanted to finish, so I was as prepared as I could be, and I just thought, let me go out there and have a good time, and that's what I did, and I loved it. I and loved. Dave rode with you. I loved it. Yeah, Dave there. came out and cheered me on, and. It was fun. It was quite an experience. So you've been, you've been, um, you've had coaching by, you know, Dominic and you've had coaching from Dave and which one would you say was better at that? Your, your boyfriend, significant other or Dave Scott? Well, first of all, it's so much fun to train and be trained by your boyfriend. Let me tell you. So that I have to say Dominic's just the best, (laughs) but Dave was incredible. I really, you know, he just kind of kept me positive and, 
kept me going and just really got me through to be able to do Kona. I was just surprised that I could do that. And then, um, and now I'm working with Siri. And uh, so I've, yeah, I've had some good people working with me. Siri, Siri Lindley, right? Yes. Siri Lindley. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, that's another great coach. Um, so where, where do you take this? Where do you, where do you think you're going to take triathlon um, in the next, you know, two, three, five years, or have you even thought about it? I just kind of go along. Um, you know, last year I did the world championship in Tennessee and that was my last race. So that was September. Now I'm just training up to do, to kind of get ready for some um, grand fondos and uh, Sweden, I believe we're doing the 70.3 in Sweden in July. And then of course the world championship in South Africa in September. So that's kind of my plan for this year. And, uh, I don't know. We'll just see. <laughs> I like staying in shape. I love to swim, bike and run. And it just, it feels good. I like to set goals and give myself challenges and accomplish them. Now, do you, um, do you have any, um, do you have any, uh, major dietary constraints that you have to use? Um, you know, when I, you know, we talked to the other day, uh, I had a chance to talk to Leslie Patterson and, you know, she, she pulls all the gluten out of her, her diet and she has for, for many years. Do you have any dietary things that you have to be concerned about? Well, I think that is the best thing to do because I haven't been feeling well, very good on gluten. So every time I eat that, I get, I feel bloated and more inflamed and everything hurts more. And then when I don't eat it, I feel great because uh, Dave Scott put me on the ketogenic diet like a year ago, uh-huh. I think about a year ago. And I stayed on it for four months. It's kind of hard to follow because you really can't eat sugar at all. So um, so I stayed on it for four months. I felt great, but I'm going back to doing that because it just it made me feel so good. And you just feel, I don't know, nothing bothers you. Because think gluten, that just turns into sugar in your body. And sugar is the worst thing for you to eat and it can cause cancer and all that stuff. It just causes inflammation in your body and you can't have that. I mean, your body doesn't work well that way. So that's one of the things you got to get rid of. The, um, boy, that, that, um, that would be hard. Uh, sugar boy, that's, that's, that's one of my, uh, that's one of my, uh, weak spots. Um, a question, a question for you. Um, I, I was told by a little bird that you had a pretty cool first vehicle, your very first car ever. Like we're going way back in the way back machine. Um, do you remember that first car? Um, I had a Fiat actually. Was it, was it a Volkswagen bug maybe? Yeah, the bug was maybe my second. I had a little Fiat first and it broke down, I think in six months. And then I had a bug for, I think it cost me $900 and I bought it from, um, guy on taxi, Judd Hirsch, <laughs> Judd Hirsch. Yeah, isn't that, Emma, isn't that a little funny that um, you, you know you you buy a car from from somebody on taxi, right? Like that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I never thought of that, but it was pretty funny. It was like it, <laughs> I bought this broken down Volkswagen from Judd Hirsch, who was on taxi. Yes, it was very funny. Well, there's there was a theme, you know. I you know when when I found out about the um, Leslie picking on your bike, and then you you get a car from Judd Hirsch, and then. <laughs> It, it kind of crescendoed in in what I think was a breakout film for you. 
um, again, involving a form of transportation, Skate Town USA. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was my first movie. That was right out of high school. And I got my first movie and I was so excited, but I was also so nervous. And I was very shy. I was a very shy teenager and shy girl, even at a very young age. So it was hard for me to, I was very excited about it and wanted to do it, but it was hard for me to really open up and let go and just have a lot of confidence in myself. So I remember I had a lot more scenes that actually ended up on the screen because they, my voice came out like this. Hello, I'm <laughs> how are you today? I couldn't talk. I was so nervous. And so all my lines got cut. Not all of them. I mean, I still had lines there. But I ended up skating most of the time. And then, you know, Patrick Swayze played my brother. And there was different actors in that movie. A lot of different 80s, 1980s actors. Uh, Scott, Scott, Scott Bayo, right? Scott Bayo was in there. And Maureen McCormick. But a lot of the, yeah, a lot of like the disco people and stuff like that. Cause it was disco skating, you know, back then it was huge. Well, Patrick Swayze, um, is, um, you know, when obviously dirty dancing and, um, you hear the line even today, somebody's like, don't put baby in the corner. And, um, I will tell you that, um, my, my wife, uh, the place where they shot that is I believe in Virginia. And I think that they did their vacations there. So, um, or they had done vacations there. So that was, that was pretty funny. Like she's actually a Patrick Swayze fan oh. who knew. Well, he's a nice guy and he was an amazing actor. But, but the, my favorite, I think actor that, you know, um, maybe the best act actor, actress ever is, is Betty White. Please tell me you, you know, Betty White. Is this true? Yes. Betty White came on and played on the bold and beautiful as Susan Flannery, who was Stephanie Forrester, the character, her mother. And so, um, and then also Allie Mills played Stephanie's sister. And Allie Mills was on Wonder uh, Years Years many years ago. So, and she's still on The Bold and the Beautiful. So it was an interesting cast. And Betty was amazing. You know, she has so much energy, even till this day. And she was off and on for a good storyline. I think maybe a year, maybe two, kind of coming back and... And she, she's just funny. She's a funny, funny lady. Did Betty, um, did, did Betty play the, you know, a good, good, good role or was she, she wicked and evil? No, she, um, she had a wicked past, but the storyline basically was that, and she passed, her character passed away on the show, but that the daughters and the mother, they all came together and, and it was a happy ending, but a sad ending at the same time that they all kind of forgave each other for what had happened in the past. And it wasn't a good past. I guess they grew up with, you know, violence and things like that. So that was all dealt with on the, in the storyline. And, um, she was amazing. So her character had gone through some things, but in the end it was all good. Well, that's, I mean, are there, are there some other, I mean, you've, you started out, uh, you went to Beverly Hills high school. Uh-huh. And you've, I mean, some of the names you've already said here today um, are remarkable um, in terms of who you know. Um, my understanding is, uh, is is Robert De Niro a, a fan of, of Bold? Uh, yeah. Robert De Niro. I went to a party one time, and this was quite a while ago, uh, and I met him. And 
I love Robert De Niro. He's my favorite actor. He has been ever since I can remember. And to meet him was just amazing. I was starstruck. I really was. I didn't know what to say to him. I, I think I just stood there staring at him with my mouth open, you know. And his girlfriend at the time said, well, I didn't even meet him yet, but she came up to me. She, she said, oh, I love your show. Me and my boyfriend, we, we wake up every morning and we watch it. First of all, I thought that was strange because the show's on at 1230 every day. So I thought, wow, they really, is- they really sleep in. But then she brought him over and I was just, uh, I was stunned. I couldn't believe that they wake up. Robert De Niro wakes up and watches The Bold and the Beautiful every day. I uh, loved it. That's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, it is Hollywood though, so like maybe these six a.m. swims that a swim, bike, and run that we do are antithetical to um, living in Los Angeles. That's right. Well, so so on the on the uh, business side of the the house, you have been very busy. Uh, my understanding is that you're working on. Uh, I I see you know all kinds of press releases in Italy, and you're working in Italy in in, in the fashion area. And even in triathlon, you're getting into the space um, of producing apparel in in the cycling and triathlon space. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, it goes way back to my mom having clothing stores ever since I was a little girl and growing up in the stores and even working in the stores. And, and she still has a store. Um, so I always loved fashion. And of course, being in the entertainment world, fashion kind of goes along with all of that. And and it's always been in my blood. I grew up with it my, and my mom. So I, at one point I thought maybe I should do something. I met my partner, my partner with my first business was calf dance, met her in Australia and we decided to do calf dance together. So that's been about five years and Dom came in and said, let's do more with these caftans. And then he sold it to TVSN, to the Home Shopping Network in Australia. And that was a huge hit. I mean, our caftans sell out every time. So that's why we go to Australia so much, because I have to go on air and sell the caftans once we sell them to TVSN. And so we're there about four to five times a year. And then from there, we parlayed a lot of things into, we go to Italy a lot, and there's a lot of opportunities over there. So that's what's happening with our businesses now. We're now kind of co-branding with a a bathing suit apparel line to do some resort wear with them. And that'll be in about a year. Uh, That'll be launching in 2019. I'm pairing up with a a jewelry company doing co-branding with them. And that's also made in Italy. So (laughs) everything that we're doing now is kind of made in Italy. The new cap... um, not Captain, the new cycling apparel and triathlon kits and running wear, that's all made in Italy. And we have wonderful partners that are Italian. So Dom and I and Alberto and Chiara came together and are forming this company, which is going to be launched in March, by the way. And we're signing on some pro triathletes. I'll give you a few names, but I'm not going to give you everything until we do our launch because that's it's supposed to be a surprise. Sure. <laughs> but Tyler Butterfield is one of them and Jenny Fletcher is another. 
And Rudy Von Berg is another, but we'll, we'll wait to tell you the rest of them. But we're very excited about this. The fabrics are incredible. Everybody that puts these kits on and wear the, wears them, they just can't believe it. How comfortable they are, how they fit, what a great style they are. And we have more to come. I mean, there's so much more that's going to be made. We're working on the samples now, and we've all tried them out, and we're loving them. And it's we're ready to launch pretty soon. So it's really exciting. And of course, when it's you're our on, passion, you know, we love to do it. So it's just part of our lifestyle. So to have a business that correlates with that is is amazing. When you're on the Home Shopping Network, are are you seeing the the tote board which shows how many units have bought have been bought, and and is that a a rush and a thrill? I've 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 been lucky to be part of selling stuff on QVC and HSN, and you see that tote board go up and. Um, it's, it's, it's a rush for sure. You get done and it's exhausting. Well, it is exhausting because you have to go on live and you have to sell. So pretty much you're trying to come up with different things to say on the spot about a certain piece of clothing or whatever it is you're selling, you know, and you have to talk about the colors and the fit and the make and the manufacturer. And then also maybe what you're doing in your life and your, you know, it's just, you come up with things to talk about, but you find yourself repeating yourself a lot, which is also good for sales. You're kind of supposed to do that. But, um, it's like a couple live hours a day, two to three live hours a day. And, and it gets fun. I mean, the more you do it, the easier it is. And it becomes, um, you know, doable. At first, it was kind of scary. But it's fun to see that, you know, the producers are right, saying, oh, it's selling out. Or down below, you, you see the, from things go from green to blue to red or whatever, which, which at TBSN means it's sold out or it's limited, you know, things like that. So it is very exciting. And and your new line for for the cycling and triathlon gear, um, what's the name of the that? The name is be? Ride R Y D, and that is for ride your dreams. So anybody who has dreams, you're riding your dreams, and whatever that may be, it doesn't matter. It, it's a new company, but it has a lot of heritage in the cycling world. Um, and Kelly can explain a little more about that. Well, you can explain too. Now that you jumped in, come here. <laughs> so this uh dom dom don't be shy you i don't think you were shy when uh when you met I'm kelly, so when I met kelly. if you saw me i think we were both shy uh on our like first <laughs> non-date i mean i was really shy and i i've always been shy so i i think it's it's i'm still shy even to to this day so yeah. um but uh, it has a bit – actually, we have quite a history with the line, and not necessarily from just Kelly and I's point, uh, but actually from the point of view of the Italians that we that are co-owners with us in this project and that are our partners. And the history is they, – they come from the Pinarello family. And um, so as you know, last year they, they sold the Pinarello Bike Company, and uh, so – and they wanted to start a new endeavor. And so, you know, it, it's quite exciting, you know, and we've known the Pinarello family for quite some time now and they're fantastic friends. And um, it's so exciting to go into business because, you know, in their blood is biking. That's, uh, you know, I, I talked to Kiara, she's the grandfather of the founder. And I, you know, I, I just am like, you must have been like crazy because all her life, all she remembers is going to the Giro d'Italia, being around biking. And if you met her grandfather, he was the most interesting 
most fantastic man you could ever meet. I, I'll never forget the first time we met him. And, and anytime you would get to meet him or talk to him, he, he doesn't necessarily shake your hand. What he does is he grabs your wrist and he, and he, um, he looks for your pulse and he takes the pulse. Because he really wants to know if you're an athlete or not. And that's, I think that's his decision, like, if I'm going to talk to this person or not, of how good of an athlete they are. So, yeah, I remember he, he grabs my arm. He starts taking my pulse and he looks at me and goes, okay, you're good. Good athlete. What did he say that we said something like? <laughs> yeah, he said like good athlete. Oh, I thought there was something. No, I can't no, remember no. Exactly so I thought he was, that. That was amazing. Oh, no, good frame. <laughs> That's what he said. Good frame. <laughs> so I thought well, and for the for the guy who built, uh, you exactly. know, Pinarello, know what a good you know? frame looks like. Um, the so ride your dreams. So is that you know obviously it's new and it's exciting and and you, you it, will it be targeted uh, is, uh, to both men and women? Will it be focused a little bit on women? Um, what's the? I, I mean, my opinion of the garment market out there is. There's a lot of room. There's a lot of competition, but there's a lot of room, um, and many of the designs are not, you know, not. It's it's pretty commodity oriented out there. Pretty, so, what, what is what is the what's the focus for for you guys with Ride Your Dream? It's going to be for Customers. men and for women. It's going to be for everybody. It's going to be for pro athletes. It's going to be for also just the weekend warrior it's going to be for people who just love to cycle or people who are maybe competing in triathlon you know whether that be sprint or or they're just out there doing it for fun and it's just basically um training apparel work you know it's we're we're focused on men and women i mean uh women are, are well definitely women yeah of course no we're focused on every you know for anyone that wants our kids but our main focus is customer service and customer care we we're really striving to do things differently and i think uh you know when i look at some of the biggest and best custom, uh, companies out there as far as like how they treat their customers and what you do when you walk in their stores or into their you know for example like disney when you walk into one of their theme parks how everything is laid out how they treat you how they speak to you and if you go for example nordstrom i mean nordstrom has one of the greatest if not the greatest return policies that exists. There is no return policy. Nordstrom does not have that. If you have something, I mean, there's stories of people bringing back stuff that they've owned for 10 years and they just were like, hey, I, I just, I, this is not working for me anymore. And Nordstrom will actually take it back. I mean, I, that's how I believe Ride will be. We believe in our products, you know, and if somebody has issues with it, I have no problem taking it back for no um, no, you know, for every, any reason, it doesn't matter to me because I want to earn your business. I want to earn your trust. And that's the way to do it. You know, customer service, customers are a priority. And we, we do that across the board with our pros as well. Our pros are a priority for us. You know, if they do well, we do well. And, uh, you know, that's important to us. Well, in terms of uh, you're gonna, I heard an announcement. I guess in in March, um, will that be? An, and then when will you be looking to roll out? Um, when will we first start seeing the ride product uh, out? You Definitely think? March. Uh, when we launch our website, that's when you'll be able to buy the product. 
Fantastic. And you'll be able to buy, um, you'll be able to buy here well, Everywhere. in the United States and anywhere in the world, abroad. wherever you live and you want to ride product, you got it. No problem. Well, that, that is, that is fantastic. Um, of all the uh, products out there that, um, in, in that category, in that space, what are some, Kelly, what are some of the things that you have used before and said, boy, I really like this about a product, but, um, and maybe there's some other stuff like, boy, I don't really like that. Like I'll give you an example. Um, sometimes the bands on a, 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 a kit will come up a little bit or for instance, on a zipper, the inside, I mean, I know we're getting super technical here, but Hey, there's only you know eight people listening. So why not? Um, the zipper on the inside is, is uncovered. And after a long ride, you, you know, you see a little welt there at the top, you know, near your belly button or up near yeah, your, your sternum. Um, what, what, well, what are your all, thoughts all about that? All that's really important. It's always down to the smallest detail. You have to make sure that the kit fits right and it's not going to be rubbing your skin raw in places or it's going to be falling apart too quickly or, you know, you have to go through all of that. That's why we are, everybody's trying this kits, riding in them. We're making some changes and we're pretty much there for, for the final kits of what we're going to present, but it's important and we may be changing even along the way, but we also have really good people working for us and the manufacturers in Italy and the fabrics are incredible. And anything usually made in Italy is really a great product. And I have to say, I have bought other products like uh, even triathlon things made in Italy and, they're always good. But yeah, you definitely want to get some long wear out of your cycling and, and triathlon kits and and also have them be really super comfortable and not have anything hurting you or or nagging at you. And this is a uh, this is a public notice, um, I think for everybody. If your riding partner has been wearing their their shorts a little too long and uh, you just need to tell them that. Otherwise um, you know, you start getting uh, the, a sheerness of the material that really oh, nobody if you needs wear them to deal too long with, right? In the bag, what? Yeah, yeah. The, the different panels. My uh, sometimes uh, a good friend will come up and say, "Oh, Dude, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant long, like to... length. Oh, if you have them too long, I no, totally no, agree. I've ridden up behind people where you could pretty much see through their cycling jersey, and you know, I mean, their cycling bottoms, and you don't want to do that." <laughs> No, no. Good friends just say, look, yeah. it's time for you to put the order in. <laughs> just, just put the order in. Well, I will tell you, it was, it's, it's very exciting to have you, uh, you and, and Dom, I've, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've known each other for, for a while. Um, you mentioned angels and demons. Um, and I think you're out of the country, but, uh, in March 17th from Anaheim to Solano beach, we, we have a hundred oh people God. signed up for that already. Um, and unfortunately, oh. unfortunately you're out of town. But um, we'll have to do that again. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, you, of all the uh, folks that would be on this, um, be on this uh, podcast, I think this year you'll definitely be the one that um, gets the most attention uh, because of, of all the people you touch, whether it's, whether it's the charities you work with and, and you know, break away from cancer, whether it's the Amgen tour, whether it's your work um, in being a producer or an also actress. Also, Women for Try. I um, and for Try. You're, you're, I've been on, yeah, I've been on the advisory board oh, yeah, from women, the very beginning that, with Women for Try, which is an offshoot of the Ironman 
foundation and trying to raise, you know, interest for women in triathlon and helping them get started and, and um, raising money for collegiate scholarships and raising money for women specific tri groups and things like that. And we've raised up to maybe over 200,000, close to maybe 300,000 at this point. We have a Facebook page if anybody wants to check it out, Woman for Tri Facebook page and Why We Try Instagram. And there's a huge community there, which is really supportive and really helps women that are getting started or maybe have questions and need help. And there's there's so many things that are great about this. And a lot of uh, the women, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> the, the women that have grown, it's grown in the competition of the sport, actually, because it was about more like a 20%. Now it's getting close up to 30%. And especially in Australia, it's up to about 50% in some Ironman races, which is incredible. So hopefully we can make a difference to one eventually for the 50 women to Kona, because that's also a biggie. Well, I want to get to that. Um, we had Rocky, uh, USATC CEO, Rocky Harris, um, on the podcast recently, and he had just, uh, announced the, my time to try, which, um, which was a pledge to get a hundred thousand new people in the sport. Um, and to try to align the very disparate groups of yeah, race directors, clubs, uh, organizations, things like that. He seemed to be very passionate. He was, he's been with USAT for about five months, six months. Try. And, uh, That's happening now. yeah, I, I, th yeah, I think that's my time to now. try, right? So they're, they're starting that now. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he went through a bunch of the details of that. So that's, that's really exciting. And you do bring up a good point. We have um, California Triathlon is a 501c3 nonprofit, and um, we're seventy we're fifty two percent women on our team and seventy five percent women amazing. on the leadership group. Yeah, they uh, they're they're fantastic. And so you had mentioned the fifty women to Kona. Is that so that there's equal number of men and women? Who gets slots I mean, at Kona? Is that, you know, is that what you were talking about? The women have been fighting for this for a long time. And there's different groups that are really, really strong in that and, and been pushing for that. And it would be nice to see just having that equality, regardless of how many women pros there are out there. I mean, supposedly the argument is that there's not as many women pros as men pros. So when they figure out how many and they give the, the allotted slots to the women, that's what it comes out to. Um, but it still would be nice to have the 50 slots open for the women as the same as men, as the men get. So, Well, there was um, recently, there was a 40 person, I guess, raffle, uh, 40 slots. If I think you registered by a certain time frame, maybe it was in January. Um, if you registered for a, a long course, you'd be, you'd be entered by Ironman into a raffle and those were, those were going as a raffle. So, you know, it's not my business. They're a, they're a, um, they're, they're a, what a $900 million business, but there certainly seems to be like, there would be those spots available if, right. if they chose to direct think. them that yes. way. Well, I have to tell you, this has been absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you again so much. I look forward to seeing you on uh, the next trip to yes. uh, Southern California. 
And um, I'm going to make sure we're going to send you two, uh, for all your work, we're going to send you two 23-ounce California Triathlon Soup uh, mugs, which honestly are, um, they're, it's a collector's oh, it's item awesome. already. So I can have a huge cup of coffee in that. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 uh, you can, you can get coffee. Uh, it, you know, if, if that's your cup of tea, you can have okay. coffee. Okay, I love it. Um, but thank you again so much for everything. And uh, Dom, again, to you as well. And right, uh, we'll thanks, talk to you Tom. soon. We'll see you soon.